0: I really didn't feel like I was growing as much as I could be as a person and in the industry. So that's, that's when I started thinking about making moves and it was all kind of on autopilot.
1: You're listening to the flip my funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing sales and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. This week, I set out to finally document one of my favorite stories of all time, my former team member, Doug Coulson, who, while extremely talented in digital media, dreamed of doing something more tangibly meaningful. You'll start off in the middle of a conversation we were having about how surprisingly un-unique this phenomena is and how many folks there are popping into and out of our industry like Doug
2: Yeah, so it's like a very similar story. And it's just interesting because like, I've seen this a lot, right? You have, it's almost like a different generation today of people coming in and out of the space of digital marketing, because I don't know that that was so possible 30 years ago, right? Like today, there's just, we have more options, more, there's just so many possibilities that didn't exist that a person going in digital marketing might and have the opportunity to explore that somebody might not have a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I think generationally it's, it's way different than, you know, what our parents might have experienced, you know, where you got in with the company when you were young and you worked there for 30, 40 years and then you retired. Like we might have, you know, four or five different careers, let alone companies we work for, you know, occupations. So, yeah, I, I think the, the playing field is much more different than, than it ever was before.
2: I want to step back and kind of paint a picture for the Doug that I knew at Search Discovery, so I asked a couple of people for stories about you there are two two themes that I heard: one was Doug going into the freezer and pulling out a costco size box of food or winning the lobster <laughs>
0: um,
2: and you know you you won a lobster in a in the um, white elephant gift exchange and you looked into like taking care of it, but it turned out that that would be really expensive and and laborious. So you ate it.
0: Yeah, so Don Cheadle wonderful. and Walter White. That's right. <laughs> those, are, those are my homies. RFP, <laughs> RFP Cheadle and White. Yeah, that's a good holiday party right there. Of so just bringing back the memories. But now, what were you saying?
2: I was just going to say the the other side, which is similar but like a different take. Was you were always there helping train and teach other people and saving people. Like for example, Yonatan actually shared how patient and caring you were and how much you pushed him to think for himself as you as you were teaching him the ropes to not just answer his questions, but to really like ask him questions and, and get him thinking. But also, you know, we, we often would have like Doug was late for work and It was because he was like out saving somebody, or he was downstairs helping Yehonatan change a tire on his car, or like you know whatever (laughs) it was. Those are the things I just I remember viscerally. So, let's get a picture of like what did you do before search discovery, and kind of what pivoted you into search discovery into the world that I met you in.
0: Yeah, sure. So I guess before before search discovery, I was working at another. A digital agency, New Run, and before that, I was working in the part of a catering company, pretty much, you know, bussing tables and delivering chicken teriyaki to, to wedding guests. So really, not a whole lot before my my advertising life started. But at as, as New Run, I was working more, particularly like paid search. The way they had it there it was very very fragmented if you did paid search you weren't doing banner ads you weren't doing social media you were strictly doing google and bing and that was that was kind of your your world so i did that for about a year i definitely got into like a routine like i knew what my job was i knew what my responsibilities were i could do that but it was all kind of on autopilot and i think for a while it felt like you know i'd show up in the mornings and i'd just I'd sit in front of my computer. I put my headphones on, and I'd start working in Excel. I'd start working in AdWords, and you know, next thing I know, like it's time to go. It's five o'clock, and I really didn't feel like I was growing as much as I could be as a person and in the industry. So that's that's when I started thinking about making moves, and I, I I honestly forget how it happened, but somebody from new run had already moved over to search discovery and they, they dropped my name for like an SEO job. So I went over there, I interviewed for that. I didn't get the job. So all of a sudden like the the windows open and I started looking around like, Oh, you know, what, what could be, I'll, I'll never forget. I think the the defining moment was talking with Lee. Lee called me after they made me the offer. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if I want to leave. And I'd actually talked to new run and told them like, Hey, I have an offer from another company and I'm thinking about taking it. And they said, well, what are they offering you? You know, we'll match it. We'll send you to conferences. If you want to develop, we'll develop you. But Lee called me, I think it was like on a Friday, like, you know, right before the work week is letting out. And he said, listen, you know, you can, you can stay at new, uh, new run and you'll be fine. It's like, you know, I'm sure, you know, you'll, you'll have a steady career path. Like you'll grow, you'll take on new clients, new experience. But if you come to work for me, I'm going to put you in a position to do whatever it is you want. Um, You know, we don't have the backing of some of these bigger companies, but we're like we're like the Navy SEALs. We're we're small, but we are the best at what we do. So if you want to be the best at what you do, you know, I highly recommend you come work for us. And for me like that, that just sold me. I was like, yeah, of course I want to be the best. Like, I I want to be the navy seal of marketing like it sounds sweet so pretty much at that point like, it was a done deal and i think i i put in my resignation and hopped over to the different set of elevators which you know all of that was in BBT, and t which is very awkward for me because i would run That's into my own workers.
2: You're so um, just a to explain what you mean by that is that you were literally in the same building just a few floors up and so you just switched elevator banks here
0: yeah i think we were like maybe on like the eighth or ninth floor did new runs i mean you know yeah. literally just moving up in every way you could imagine
2: it's so funny so you're going from the eighth floor <laughs> in one elevator bank and switching to the 17th floor in the other elevator bank and then still being like right next to all the old people you used to work with
0: yeah, I'd like run into them going to lunch. I mean, you know, we were always friendly, but and I think they—it it seems to be part of that world. Like people move to different agencies. I didn't understand that, and they were all my old friends, and but I think they saw that I had an opportunity somewhere else, so why not sure. take it? Sure.
2: So you ended up at Search Discovery, and I have to say you were one of the most talented people we've ever had work for us and that you were really passionate about it. You really cared about people. And I think that, that that was the core of what mattered is that you weren't just sitting at your desk, getting the job done and you know, checking off the boxes so you could, you could leave. You were really bringing your whole self to work. And at the end of the day, building up other people around you and in and of itself, that is a theme in your life of like wanting to help others. That's the stories that everybody was sharing when I when I asked them what they remembered about Doug was that you were just always really wanting to help other people. And I I always wondered if that had a had a piece of kind of what you decided to do next because you you were at a new, new run and you were talented enough that they wanted to keep you there. We captured you and we were really loving having you. And then you and I used to take these walks around Atlantic Station, and all of a sudden, you came up with this new idea to become a firefighter. So, tell me a little bit about where that came from.
0: So, I think what I was I was at Search Discovery for probably I mean close to a year at least, right? You know, it was it was a totally different environment from from where I had worked before. the The caliber of what was being done and what was expected of you was a lot higher. I mean, it, it was almost competitive in the sense that you know, you you felt like you were a part of this like small, like renegade team that was competing against the world. Um, and like it seemed like from the moment I got on, like we were acquiring like bigger and bigger clients, and just like our, our scope of practice was expanding. It, like it was all very exciting, and like I could feel, you know, like there were there was personal growth there that wasn't happening prior to that, and all of that was exciting. But I, I still felt like for me that there was something missing. And I really didn't know what that was. And it took it took a while to figure out, I guess, what my what my priorities were. You know, a lot of that came from from walking around Atlantic Station with you. In addition, a lot of self-reflection. I remember there was a point where I literally made a list of all the different careers that I thought I might want to pursue, including digital marketing. because Obviously, that was what I was doing. But I think on there was like, you know, maybe I'll be a chef or a photographer or I'll work for the Peace Corps. And I think somewhere on the list was was firefighter. And I I started just like looking at some of the different jobs and kind of, you know, taking a stab at different ones. I, I worked a couple weekends in a restaurant a buddy of mine owned. I'm um, just working in the kitchen, uh, and I, I quickly discovered that was not the job for me. Uh, that is, that is <laughs> yeah. work. And shout out to anybody who works in the restaurant industry. God bless you, because that is it's it's really tough work. And you know, I, I tried a couple of different other things. And uh, I remember one day I was leaving work and they Atlanta Fire has a fire station right outside of Atlantic Station. And I walked down there was near where my car was parked and I knocked on the door and somebody answered and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about becoming a fireman. What do I need to know? Like, you know, can you tell me anything about it? Can you show me the station? So they brought me in and like two minutes later, they, they dropped a call. So they said, Oh, hop on, you know, come ride with us. And like here I am in like my flip flops and my skinny jeans and like my little polo shirt. And I hop on with these guys and, and we're just, like they're flying through five o'clock traffic you know like just laying on the horn like everybody's excited and you know we're we're like hopping over the median and I'm just like this is insane we we end up pulling up on a homeless guy uh, who was just kind of passed out in the street they hopped out and they gave him some care and the ambulance came they loaded him up and took him off and you know we we headed back to the station. But at that point, I pretty much, my mind was made up. I said, this is like, this is the job for me. And just like looking at the people who were on the truck and looking at how happy they were and talking to them. I remember one guy said he, he used to be a software engineer and he quit his job to pursue this. And he said, I make half the money I made as a software engineer, but I've never been happier. And to me like that that was it like that was what I was searching for like that that satisfaction with your work which you know I f- i felt like I was getting at search discovery to an extent like I was around really great people like some of the smartest people I've ever met and like just the collaborative effort that we put forth on these projects you know I, I had never really experienced anything like that so I was getting satisfaction in that regard but there, there still felt like there was something missing. And I thought, Hey, this, this might be the ticket. I actually applied to, to Clayton County fire and went through four or five month hiring process and I didn't get the job. And so I started looking elsewhere and I, I found that Colorado has uh, a large need for volunteer firefighters just with, with all the small rural areas they have. And um, I found the town of Granby and Granby fire And I I went out there, I interviewed, and they they offered me a spot as a volunteer resident firefighter, and I took it.
2: Awesome. So I want to stop you right there, because I I was there for a lot of this process, and I want to explore it a little bit to color in the details. As you're describing it, there was this conflict, like you have a career that's lucrative, and you're enjoying being around the people, but there was that lagging lack of something there's a a meaningfulness that you were searching for and you found ways to explore it right but it wasn't enough you really wanted to be doing it full-time so in a lot of cases some people might feel stuck in that situation but you found the courage and motivation to actually move on it
0: so what was it that allowed you to pursue this dream I guess it was a couple things. You know, I, I sort of got to a point uh, in, m- in my life where I just, where that, that nagging really, like, took hold. You know, it, it kind of got, it got to the point where, like, I didn't necessarily, like, I, I enjoyed being around the people I was around.
1: At this point, we hit some bad audio, but we also had Doug sharing some very personal hard times that he was going through, and I didn't feel fully comfortable sharing that on the podcast. Uh, Just to give you an overview of what was happening, Doug really didn't have clarity uh, with what he needed to do next to get fulfillment in his career, and he didn't want to ask for help. He was really trying to figure it out on his own. Things got really bad, and without giving too much detail, at one point, it became pretty apparent when we were on a client call that he was having a really hard time. At that point, I asked Doug to take the rest of the day off, at which point he really understood that his internal struggle was real.
2: What what it sounds like you're, you're describing there is that there is kind of this distance between what you found meaning in and like what you were doing every day. And no matter how much you tried to make those two things jive with each other, it really wasn't internally happening for you and as you tried to explore that externally and make it happen it just became more and more apparent that this wasn't wasn't a reality and you had in front of you this option that seemed like it was more consistent with who you wanted to be from there like was it a clear path were you able to just say okay this is it or did you feel like I guess the bigger question is how hard was that decision it sounds like there was some struggle there but did you have regrets? Like what, what was the struggle
0: like? I mean, the, the struggle was my life and I wasn't sure. And uh, I, I just knew that there was a part of me that wasn't happy, even though everything everything on the surface was great. You know, I, I was a part of a company that was succeeding left and right. And you know, I was making good money. You know, professionally, I felt like I was really developing. Like everything out there like was was going in my favor. But there's just something still didn't feel right, and I felt like I needed to make a change. That's kind of what led me to take, I guess for lack of a better word or phrase a leap of faith and then move out to colorado like i I remember packing up my car and I'd actually gone back to Savannah for the weekend to see my parents before I left, and like i I had everything packed in my, my little forerunner and barely enough space for me to sit in and just thinking like is this like is this really the right decision like i'm gonna drive back to atlanta on my way there maybe i should just like stay you know, I, I guess i i wanted to to give it a shot and see see if it was something that worked you know in my in my head i felt like i could always come back if i needed to but i had to at least try it and so i think that's what led me to to, to make the leap
2: Wow. So from there, you went for it, right? You went to Colorado and you trained and you passed the tests and then it was time to interview because that was really a pathway to a more permanent job. And so today you are a full-time firefighter in New Orleans. So I haven't heard this update yet, but I want you to tell me live on the podcast just what it's like Making it and being there as a fireman in New Orleans today.
0: What is it? What is it like in New Orleans? I don't. It's it's crazy. Uh, is this is a crazy city? I've I've never been anywhere like this before. I guess like for I guess a couple of like establishing facts. I've been on the New Orleans Fire Department for about a year and a half now, and I I went through. I moved here in October of 2016. And when I, I came down, I came exclusively for the job probably like a week before Academy started. So they put us through four month training Academy, Monday through Friday, like seven, seven to five, where they, they kind of show you how the New Orleans Fire Department operates. You know, they, they show you how to put out fire. They show you how to, to roll hose, how to, to take care of people as a first responder and kind of everything in between. And then after that, I spent my first year in the field as a probationary firefighter, as a rookie, 24 hours on and 48 hours off. So one day on, two days off. And so you just you see the city, you you get to experience, you know, what what it's like working in New Orleans East versus working uptown versus working in the French quarter. And then after your year, you're eligible to put in for a permanent spot. They they put out a list which has all the available openings for firefighters, and you, you submit your request. You know, it's a, For the last, I guess, four or five months, I've been working permanently at Engine 9, which is on uh, Esplanade and Decatur. So it's right in the French Quarter. We cover probably two-thirds of the French Quarter. And then behind us, we've got like Seventh Ward, Elysian Fields, And just it's it's a very unique area because it's part of it is like heavily tourist dominated. So like you have you heard of Bourbon Street?
2: Yeah, definitely. That's the famous area.
0: Yeah. So like it's a total show over there. Like everybody goes and they drink way too much and, you know, fights break out. People get drunk and they, they like start vomiting everywhere. People passed out. People get robbed, mugged, assaulted, shot run over like you name it like it goes down on bourbon street like bourbon street is kind of like you take all the worst qualities in the world and you put it on like a 13 block <laughs>
2: bourbon
0: street. Like, every indulgence you want is on bourbon street but at the same time like people love it and like there there is like this i guess kind of odd like deranged beauty to it like there's just so many people Like there's such an energy about it. Like I've never seen that anywhere. So you have that and you have like the rest of like the historic French quarter. And then you have like the, the seventh ward and it's just, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of fire. Unfortunately, where you have lower income neighborhoods, you have, you have more fire. Uh, We end up being one of the busiest engine companies in the city, probably run 2500 calls a year out of engine nine.
2: So you're painting a very clear picture <laughs> of what it looks like from your experience now, right? You know, you've gotten to kind of explore this dream. So are, are you enjoying it? Like, are, are you getting the fulfillment that you were looking for?
0: I, I am. Uh, I think it wasn't, it wasn't what I expected it to be. I, in the sense that you know, I, I thought once I find like the job that I want, I'm going to be happy. And like this, this, like just this phrase of like being happy, was kind of in the back of my head. And I thought, you know, I'm going to walk out and it'll be like sunshine every day. And, you know, the birds chirping, and, you know, I'll have a little pep in my step. And that's, that's not what it is. But at the end of the day, like I get to help people. And I, I find that very fulfilling. You know, you we're in a position where we see a lot of people on their worst day whether their house is on fire, or they've been they're in a car accident, we we get to help somebody in a very immediate capacity. And that that I've, I find fulfilling. And that makes me happy. You know, I, I don't make the kind of money I used to make when I was in advertising. You know, my, my schedule doesn't really allow for a whole lot of free time. Um, if I'm not at the firehouse, I'm working a different and you know a second job like a side hustle just to make you know make rent cover my bills and try to save up a little bit but like i i wake up every morning and i'm i'm happy to go into work because i know i'm gonna get to help somebody even if it's even if it's the guy in the quarter like who's passed out on bourbon street and we've we've run on him a dozen times it's we know even even after we help him today, he'll be back out a week from now. Like you've helped him in that moment. And like and that that for me is enough. That makes it worthwhile.
2: That's incredible. So yeah, you sound like the same Doug I knew back at Search Discovery. <laughs> it's just very inspiring because you really there's a lot of self sacrifice in your day. You're doing a lot of the work that a lot of us you know, don't even have to be exposed to, let alone actually be the ones to work through and help somebody get through those days, get through those problems. One thing I'd love to know, do you find anything from your past life in digital marketing being useful in your role as a firefighter today or in your side hustle?
0: Oh, oh, most definitely. I think first and foremost, the teamwork aspect you know it it serves to discover like nothing would have gotten done without teamwork collaboration and communication and those things are are of such high importance on like on a fire scene on a medical scene and anything you know in between like if, if we're not communicating we're not going to work well together and that's between you and your captain between captain and your operator who who drives the the apparatus the pump and between your your fellow firefighters Especially if we if we go to a burning building generally we can't see anything you're you're really dependent on having a good working relationship and just knowing like you know how does my captain operate you know is, is he going to want to make like a quick interior attack and try to knock the fire down is he going to take some time to size up the building should i be pointing line like you know you you kind of work in tandem and you work best when you're not constantly asking like oh well, you know what do you need like just really anticipating the other person's next move. Are we going to have to pop this door? You know, do I need to get a tool for that? Um, should I have the hose line flaked out? And and I think that that I was able to develop that skill set at search discovery. You know, knowing how how Lindsay operated, knowing how you operated, and knowing when I needed to ask for help versus when I should just you know go ahead and take the lead on something. And and I think we had you know a, a pretty good team chemistry. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like whenever we were on a client call, you know, if if you or Lindsay were in the room, like I felt very comfortable knowing that, you know, we were going to satisfy whatever they needed. And even if the client brought up a problem, like there were times where clients would say something and I really didn't have the answer. And then you or Lindsay would come in and just, you know, put their worries to rest.
2: Yeah, I know. The feeling is definitely mutual. You were a lot of fun to work with. I think you really had a better handle on on things than you thought you did. but I, I'm really happy to see you explore something that you're passionate about. And I think that at the end of the day, what what's natural to me in those client conversations and what you witnessed, you know, I'm hearing from you in these conversations about what you're doing now for people out in New Orleans and what you did out in Colorado. Yeah. I have no idea what flake a hose means, but at the end of the day, right? Like you're, you're on top of it. And, um, and it's an amazing thing when you really find that when you find flow in your work and you find what, what puts you in your element and it's, it's worth it to give up something that might be convenient or lucrative in the short term for something that's going to fill your life with meaning in the long term. Uh, And I think the thing, I mentioned this to you and I asked you to be on the podcast, but the thing that inspires me the most about your story here is that you didn't just have a dream. meaning, You really went and methodically figured out a step that you could take in your life to improve that area of your life, to improve the meaning that you were getting from your work. And then you pursued it relentlessly, finding a pathway that would get you a realistic, sustainable, healthy result. And it's just really enjoyable to hear you in that mode right now.
0: I I appreciate that. I mean, and that the the support that you know I I receive from you and we I mean we talk so much about like my my doubt and it just I mean walking around. You know, for the the talks with Noah, I think we all, we all got our little talk with Noah and and you would always just like, you were so willing to listen. That made it very helpful to kind of work through some of these issues. I mean, I always felt like I was in a position at Search Discovery, you know, to to pursue whatever it was I wanted to pursue. I'm I'm very grateful. Uh, At the same time, you, you asked earlier, like, what, what at Search Discovery was I able to take with me to the, the fire service it kind of goes back to what lee said you know he's like we're the best of what we do and i think that message like whatever it is you do try to be the best like if you're not trying to be you know the best of what you do then why are you doing it and i think first discovery is a perfect example of that as an organization like y'all went out and you recruited the smartest people a, a lot of a lot of people who were inherently just self-starters and just self-motivated if, if you wanted to learn something no one was going to say you couldn't you just you kind of went out and did it and and so that that's something that also really stuck with me uh, as, as I kind of went forward in, into my career path I've never I've never worked with a smarter group of people
2: Oh, <laughs> you mentioned that before, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, I think what you said, what you said Lee had said to you was the exact same words he used for me when when he got me to, to move from Razorfish, which was that, you know, you can have a healthy normal career in the big agency world working for a holding company or one of the established brands. But if you want to explore, you know, and really do whatever you want and explore whatever that is. Then come to Search Discovery. And in your case, that thing was to become a firefighter. And I have always been super proud that despite the fact that that was not at Search Discovery, he and we fulfilled the commitment to enable you to thrive yeah. and go do that.
0: I mean, that's like, that's some of the coolest shit ever. I, you know, like who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I mean, to to be able to say that and then back it up even when it might not directly benefit you, like that speaks to how much you care about people. I, you know, I, when I told Lindsay, I, I accepted a job with the fire department. I can tell she was like disappointed, but at the same time, like she wasn't mad. Lee was never mad. You know, they they stood by their message from day one and I really respected that. I mean, you're, you're a pretty cool dude in your own right. And <laughs> there's just so much to take from you and how committed, you were to your, how committed you were to to search discovery and your passion for digital marketing. And I mean, you're just, you're a smart guy.
2: Like, just keep telling that to all my podcast listeners. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was invaluable. Well,
2: okay, enough talking about me. Um, I, I really appreciate you doing this and um, thank you for joining the podcast.
0: Oh, yeah, um, dude. Thank, thank you for having me.